This afternoon I'm chatting with Melinda Cruz. Thanks for joining me, Melinda. I really appreciate it, given uh, the situation and your homeschooling there as well as uh, the work that you do with Miracle Babies. Thank you for having me. It's great. Yeah, so mind telling me a little bit about how it's going for you with the the homeschooling? Uh, We're not doing too bad. So I've got three boys. They're all set up. They're in um, high school, so they're all set up individually in their own separate areas, so that's okay. And the school has a morning check-in and a morning check-out and then some Zoom calls, but it definitely feels like we're just working so many longer hours all across the day. I don't know whether they're being set more work than they would if it was normal class time. Yeah, and just trying to juggle when someone wants to ask a question and can they sit down and help. Yeah, it's definitely... We're we're having some fun with it, but it's full on as well. It's crazy. It's pretty... And trying to work in between that and run a house. And and just quickly, the other thing, all they do is eat all day. Like at school, (laughs) they're happy with a little bit of morning tea and a sandwich, but here it's like full meals all day. (laughs) It's crazy. I I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, it's yeah. I had as I'm doing some homeschooling too with my grandchildren, and it's mm-hmm. been very challenging. I don't have Wi-Fi in my house. Oh wow, that would be yes. really hard. It it is hard, and it's yeah. sort of from dawn till dusk. And, yes. Yeah, and and trying to make it, get your head around what is being expected of you is. I think that's the first step. Mm-hmm. Um, today I had a conversation with the teachers. And I thought, oh, okay, I am on the right track with some of it, but, you know, I'm not doing other things. And so, and they were very appreciative, which I was rather surprised that they were quite appreciative. And they said, yeah, yeah, they said other people are also having the same sorts of issues and challenges. Well, I'm finding that I'm, I'm having to like personally research some of the topics to be able to help them. So whether it's geography or in history, like I, I'm like, okay, if that's what we're talking about, just give me five minutes and I'll go and have a look and try and quickly get up to speed so I understand what policy they're looking at or whatever it might be, just so that I can help them because it's, it's all new to me as well and it's not things that I do every day. So yeah, I can't imagine. And this is high school, so I can't imagine primary school age, how tough it would be because they need you. 24-7. Yeah, five, yeah. At five and eight. And so it oh, is wow. yep, learning, exactly. learning to read, learning about basic maths. Yes, all of that. It is. Oh. But, I mean, a part of me is enjoying it because I've got yep. a Bachelor of Community Education and the other part is finding it uh, stressful because of not being able to log into Zoom. Yeah. Um, not. Yep. I don't. I don't. The Wi-Fi. The kids have got their iPads and they've all got all that Zoom stuff on there, mm-hmm. but I didn't have any of that. <laughs> I don't have Wi-Fi in my yeah. house. <laughs> I just can't afford it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so challenging. So you're um, also at the moment your concerns for mental health amongst parents of preemie and and sick babies. Tell me about this. Yeah. So with Miracle Babies Foundation, we're all working from home at the moment as well. But I guess the biggest thing is that it does doesn't matter through a pandemic or you know going through this whole COVID-19 time babies are still being born and every year in Australia 48,000 babies are born premature or sick 
And even, you know, under normal circumstances, we know the stress that this puts on families and research has shown that they are two and a half times more likely to have postnatal depression when compared to those that have full terms. So we wanted to have a look and see what was happening to our families during the pandemic and, and the researchers and our survey has actually shown or it's revealed that four in five parents of premature and sick children are experiencing an increase in parental anxiety due to the COVID-19 and they're actually concerned about their own mental health and I think one of the really surprising things too with the survey was that parents are less likely to go and seek seek out their doctor or go to a GP for non-COVID-19 related issues because of the fear. So that kind of puts themselves and their children at risk and that's something that we're really worried about. Mm, I would imagine it's quite tricky. I mean, you can have a, a telehealth conference with your doctor, mm-hmm. but if the baby needs to be looked at or something, then Absolutely. that must yeah. add extra layers of challenge. That's right, because parents are worried to take their babies out and, you know, if they need to, like, definitely they need to be seen by a doctor. But, yeah, it's just increasing the fear that parents are having at the moment and, and we need to be able to be there to support that. Are they able to access the 1300 sick um, um, doctors to come to the house? They, they do access those phone lines. Some of, especially when it was during lockdown, there were no house calls being done. So right. that's been quite difficult. But we also operate a 24-hour family line that, that parents can link into and ask questions and seek support. So definitely, yeah, that they're reaching out, they can speak to a nurse and, and have some kind of guidance. But I think the thing is that, you know, if it is something that is a real medical concern, we want them, as much as we know that they're, they're afraid of COVID-19, we do still want them to go and speak to their doctor and, and seek medical attention and help. I know you said that it's mental health, so we're talking about anxiety, mm-hmm. uh, about... Depression, yeah. Yeah, about going out and accessing some support... How is that sort of manifesting, apart from not wanting to go out and, and see someone? Are there other things? Is there sleeplessness? What, what other sorts of problems are people having that's being caused by the worry around COVID-19? Yeah, well, I, it's not only like the concern for the health of the baby. We know that families are under financial stress, so that's put a lot of pressure on them as well. You know, we always have issues when parents go home um, and are discharged from hospital with a premature sick baby. Isolation is a very big issue. So just being able to, I guess, help them emotionally that that what they're feeling is normal. I mean, I've gone through it three times. All my boys were born premature. and, And one of the biggest things that I felt was guilt, you know, because... I remember looking at my son, he was born at 27 weeks and and watching him fight for his life and thinking, you know, I'm the one that was supposed to protect you and do anything to make sure nothing happened to you and yet I'm the reason that you're here fighting for your life. So just trying to function when you're you're having those feelings and do day-to-day normal things and, and things like that. So we just want to make sure that parents know that they can reach out, that they don't go through this alone. And, you know, the ways that we're doing that through the foundation, like I said, we have our 1300 um, family line, which is 1300-622-243. And we've noticed during the, the COVID-19 crisis 
um, calls to that number has increased, which is great. It, it's good that they're able to take advantage of that. In addition to that, all of our face-to-face programs that we've been running, whether that be within the hospital or once discharged, and, and we support families right until their babies are six and ready for school and beyond, have all moved online. So mm-hmm. they can access any of that support and actually, you know, be able to view whether it is through a Zoom call or Facebook Live and things like that and actually be around parents and ask questions and make sure that we're checking in on them and how they're coping with their mental health through this. So you do a kind of support group as, as well uh, on online? So you've gone online to that space. And online as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So you're able. People are able to access support via the phone, but also through these Zoom conferences mm-hmm. with other parents. Did you say? Yeah, absolutely. So run by our team, and most of um, well, all of our team that work with families have gone through the experience themselves as well. So there's always that peer to peer support. So peer to peer. Yep. Yeah, hundred percent. We know that being able to speak to someone who gets it, who's gone through something similar, is one of the biggest ways to make an emotional impact on a parent's journey. So that's why we've set it up that way. Mm. And I'm thinking, you know, it must be very difficult because people might not just it might not just be the first baby; they may have had other babies. Yeah. And you're normally having, hopefully, some family support, your mum mm-hmm. or dad, or or an uncle or an aunt or a trusted friend to help you. Is that one of the things that sort of come up for people that they the lack of natural supports that is part of that problem with feeling anxious and depressed? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the overwhelmment, because there are no breaks, because they may be so isolated and be 24-7 and being so tired. We know what being tired can do to you and, and trying to function through that. So that's all playing a factor in how parents are coping through this crisis. Yeah, and of course, parents, some parents may have lost their work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all be working from home. So that's as those extra layers of pressure, I am imagining. Yeah. Well, we even notice with our team, as we're all working from home and some of our team have really young families and, you know, still babies and, and things like that. And yet they're struggling with, you know, how do we balance it all and try and put the baby to sleep or, you know, the baby's clingy right now or having toddlers. And even when we have our team meetings, a lot of them have their little ones sitting on their laps. And, um, yeah, it, it, we're just trying to make it work. And it is, it's challenging. And, and I think one of the things with trying to work from home when you're doing this, there's so much more pressure because you feel like you're working longer days because you may not, you may have to spread it out because you're doing things with the children. And yeah, so I mean, even with our team, in our weekly team meetings, we do like an emotional scale and we check in, how's everybody coping? How's, how are we doing this? Because we're all mums. A lot of our team has gone through the experience. So we know, you know, what we're dealing with. We, we know how to support our families that are going through it and we're all in it together. So hopefully that's how we can make a difference. It sounds like you are the, absolutely the right people to call. Is your number, is your organisation a national organisation? Yeah, the phone number is national and it's 24 hours. Right. Do you also link into uh, organisations that are state-based that can provide some supports as well? Yeah, so whatever concerns that families may have or issues that they're having with their children, we're able to um, forward them on or, or give them details on where they can go for further support. And that can be local, it could be national if it's something that they need to, but we're definitely a place that they can come to 
to get any kind of help that they need when they're going through this. Well, I think that's it's fantastic, the work that you're doing, and um, I appreciate you to also talking to me about... I love it with you all there in the meeting with the babies on your laps and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when my... So my youngest, um, he's just turned 14, and Miracle Babies was just starting at that time because I started it a year after my second. And, yeah, just having him around in the capsule. And I remember actually being in the studio and doing a radio interview, and I could see him through the glass kind of fussing. They went to commercial break. They brought him in, and I spent the rest of the interview breastfeeding him. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody obviously could see that except for the two um, guys that were interviewing me. But, yeah, that's just how we did it and you know the babies are such a big part of what we do obviously and it's been able to I guess you know meld that mold that into um, what we are today and be able to support families in the best way that we can yeah that sounds fantastic just a, a last question so what advice do you have for new parents during this time uh, the biggest thing is to reach out if they need support and I think one of the things that the, the research showed was that they were actually aware that this was affecting them, that they were concerned for their own mental health. So that's like step one, if you can actually have some kind of awareness that you need support and then with that, reach out. So whether it's come to our website, which is miraclebabies.org.au, um, ring our 24-hour phone line or join us on social media. It's such a beautiful community that's there you know, to drive conversation and have that support will make sure that they are seeing their doctor or you know whoever may be in their local area but stay linked to people which I know it's hard in in being in isolation but wherever you can whether it's online or through the phone definitely do that that's our, our biggest message well thanks very much for your time today I really really appreciate it and thanks for talking to me about, you know, your homeschooling situation. It's not just It just helps to take the edge off. And I'm sure that many people who will listen to this uh, interview are going through similar situations. And uh, Yeah. Yes. I think the thing that we're trying to remember, it's not going to last forever and actually have a little bit of fun with it. Like I actually said to the boys, I think I'm going to miss you guys. Like having, you know, under no other circumstances would we have had weeks and weeks actually to together like this and even in the street you know I'm I'm seeing dads out you know walking with their kids or you know riding their bikes and I think you know to have that opportunity as much as it's such a stressful time there are some things to be thankful for and trying to do that so yeah so I know it's challenging but also you know I look at my kids I'm going to actually enjoy this you know lockdown time with you like this is great getting to know you in a whole different way it's amazing yeah, it's actually, yeah. there's lots of positives and I, yeah. I, I like your point in, in seeing, I've seen a lot more children out playing in the street and mm-hmm. and riding bikes and, and dads and mums going for walks around yeah. our lake and various different things and families sort of doing more close. Together. Yeah, yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. it's in lots of ways, there's lots and lots of positives amongst amongst the long days that you mentioned. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And we're so lucky, like Australia's, you know, compared to other countries, have done, you know, an amazing job on on how they've contained the virus. So I think it's just, you know, we're all in this together and, yeah, try and take the positives from it while we can. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today. Well, thank you for having me. Okay. All right. Cheers. (laughs) See you later. Bye-bye.